3: Hi, folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. It's time for this week's One Last Thing with co host Slava Cooperstein. Slava, how are you doing?
4: I'm uh doing well, Ken, all things considered. They say uh success uh, has many fathers, but uh, this week uh, I, I felt like our, our failures had many fathers.
3: <laughs> uh, difficult, difficult week. I, I find there's always something a little bit cathartic about doing the analysis after a game to go through it obviously was a fantastic defensive effort so you can pick them that and the, the Ravens just made stop after stop defensively to give the offense those extra chances that they needed they just needed more even <laughs> was...
4: yeah I mean it was uh, it was really uh, an, an incredible defensive performance um, you know on on a lot of levels the offense really just wasn't giving the defense. Much to work with, and um, and 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 really not giving them a break, but uh, you know, just just some really stout performances by a, a lot of people, some real Ironman efforts, and uh, definitely something worth highlighting uh, uh, in in this week's show.
3: All right, well, that's what we're planning to talk about here. Uh, and again, Slava, thanks for this topic. I think it's a very good one, and we're going to talk about Kyle Hamilton's usage both in this game and then where he might stay for the rest of the season. So. For me, the biggest question this this offseason was, where can you make Kyle Hamilton a superstar? So you had, you had guys who could play strong safety in his stead if you wanted to keep him at nickel. You had guys and a whole bunch of guys who were nickel candidates for the Ravens in the preseason who would have been okay there to allow Hamilton to move to the back end. But I thought that the biggest question was, where's Kyle Hamilton going to star?
4: Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, you... Really want to put your guys in the best position they can to succeed, and sort of it's it's a back it's a give and take really. Um, you know you want to put Kyle Hamilton where he's going to shine the best, but um, you know defense is you know offense is attack the weak link, right? So even if Kyle Hamilton is going to be great as a strong safety, for example, if you you know if you don't have anybody competent playing in the slot at all, then obviously you know you can't have that. Um, but, uh, but you know, we've, it looked like we'd had our, found our solution with our Darius Washington, who, uh, looks to have gotten surgery.
3: Yeah. Now, w- did you hear the, the, any news on Darius that's new, a pec surgery or anything like that? What was the issue?
4: There, there wasn't a specific tweet de- describing it, but there was a, uh, a tweet that I saw where it showed him, uh, ostensibly post surgery. So it looks like oh. he has received a surgery. I don't know that an official word has been, um, has been sent out, but he, uh, tweeted out, uh, I, I appreciate everyone that reached out and prayed for me. I'll be back better than before in due time. And, uh, one of the pictures is him giving a thumbs up, uh, looking like right after surgery.
3: Okay. All right. Well, good to hear. Um, any way that he's, that he's recovering. Uh, and I wonder about what that might be, but uh, hopefully he's ready for the beginning of the twenty-four season at the latest. And he 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 showed us enough, I think, in a brief couple of games here that we're excited about what he could be at slot corner.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's no reason to think that this injury would uh, would impact him in the future. I mean, Marlin uh, had a had a pec injury as well. Um, and he came back, bounced back really well. It's not a lower leg injury, which is you know a much a much iffier proposition. So mm-hmm. looking forward to our Darius' uh, future in Baltimore.
3: All right. All right, well, back to Hamilton uh, in terms of where the Ravens uh, play him. Most players are better somewhere. Uh, what I've generally uh, found to be true is that the greater the star, the more v- naturally versatile they are, that they're above, well above the replacement level wherever you put them. Uh, so that was true of Marshall Yonda when they asked her to play left guard, right tackle. Um, I think he could have been a great center if they needed him to do that. And I, I even think if they needed him to fill in at left tackle, even with his short arms, he probably could have done it on a, on a limited basis. Adalis Thomas, same thing. Lardarius Webb, inside, outside, safety, it didn't really matter. He's a, he a hell of a player. Uh, and Jarrett Johnson, you know, pretty seamlessly moved from outside linebacker to inside linebacker uh, when it was needed. Uh, Hamilton is more like those guys than he is like Kamalai Michael Michael, or uh, some of the other guys who've been messed up and are more marginal players in terms of moving between multiple players, multiple positions.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that there's anything that the Ravens have asked Kyle Hamilton to do that. He hasn't shown that he can do with a, a really great ability. Really. It's a, it's a question of what um, scheme uh, can we draw up what 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 philosophy can we implement that's going to uh, give him the best opportunity to make some some of these game changing plays like he did uh, this past weekend?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, so far, I, you know, this is the this season is kind of very illustrative of that. But because the first two weeks they played a predominance of cover two to try and force other teams into small ball. They continued that in week three, by the way. But a lot of At first, it was Williams and Hamilton on the back end. Williams, of course, got hurt, and they brought in Stone. They continued with Stone and and Hamilton. Then they went with um, Stone and Hamilton again the next week. And it's not like Hamilton has not had an important job playing the back end of cover two. And it's not like he didn't do it well in week two, for example, when the three cornerbacks who were playing up front all looked pretty good, uh, doing their job, made a big tackle in week two on the back uh, to uh, stop a drive It's just like a six-yard gain on third and eleven. Uh, that, that was a key play. Um, he made the other cornerbacks certainly look good, but it's also th- I think the kind of the case that that leaving him on the back end was kind of leaving him out of the defense in a certain way. Other teams weren't really trying to challenge the Ravens deep.
4: Yeah, and and that's sort of the nature of cover two, isn't it? I mean, it's you you're sort of yeah really i i mean unless the safety is completely out of position you're really sort of signaling to the uh to the quarterback you know don't don't try to beat us over top it's it's just not going to happen and um and yes that is important but um i think the ravens showed this past weekend that uh that you have enough uh quality of play in Daryl Worley to to really handle arrow
3: yeah I, and worley's play by the way We cannot understate how important his game was. And the Ravens put out a little thing thing saying he played 102 snaps today because he played 76 on defense and 26 on special teams. But just a terrific game filling in the back end. And basically, he didn't miss any tackles he was supposed to, didn't allow a bunch of – a bunch of coverage breakdowns. He was in the right place that he was supposed to be. It's great for a converted corner. He's had some safety experience in the past. So I don't want to say he's, he's been a corner his entire career, but he's a guy who who really seems to have adapted well to that position this year in the Ravens scheme and allowed Hamilton to, to move up front and dominate the freaking game.
4: Yeah, I mean, this really wouldn't have been possible without Worley's uh, really capable play. And uh, and and that really can't be that needs to go mentioned because, uh, you know, you, you just appreciate a guy who puts in such an Ironman effort. I mean, that's really, really you don't want that happening again, quite frankly, uh, you know, 100 plus snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully that won't be the case. Any more games this season. But uh, but a really well-deserved kudos.
3: Yeah. yeah extremely solid game. Uh, what, do we, what else did we want to talk about here that was uh, that was here? Marcus Williams is now returning to practice this week. We got news today. It's Wednesday. We're recording this in the afternoon, and he's, he's been at practice today. I don't know exactly how extensive his practice was, whether he's going to be multiple weeks before he plays again. But in an abstract sense, when, whenever he does return, how do you think this plays out for Kyle Hamilton?
4: Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it seems to me, um, and, and, and this is something we've talked about in, in previous weeks, but it was really highlighted by this game. It seems to me that the innate gifts and also just physical attributes of Kyle Hamilton are um, are, are on display when he's, on mo- most on display when he's in the slot. Uh, and so, uh, you know, when Marcus Williams comes back, I mean, if you have Marcus Williams and, you know, provided that... It, you know, Geno Stone has uh, good health, or whether it's him or Daryl Worley on the other side, you know, having those safeties um, in whatever configuration you want to have them and having uh, Kyle Hamilton in the slot seems like a really, really potent combination. Um, you, you know, to me, it seems the one circumstance where you might be a little concerned uh, about that is if the slot receiver is some really fast twitch you know, type of, you know, Wes Welker type um, that, you know, quite frankly gives most slot corners uh, a problem.
3: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And, and the Ravens did show some willingness to change out Kyle Hamilton Uh, at times last year, they would move him back to strong safety and put in Pepe Williams at times last year. And in particular, on obvious passing downs, they would do it. Uh, Hamilton, to me just presents such a problem for the opposing team to figure out in terms of the pass rush out of the slot. I think you deal with a little bit of weakness there, but the kind of the kind of player that I'd be a little bit afraid to have him out, uh, a quarterback is a, is a very good hot re-
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
3: You know somebody who who figures out okay Hamilton's coming the ball is going out directly to that spot there the Ravens are perfectly capable of rotating they have athletic talent to do it if they get Bowser back they've got a you know, they've got a player who who can do that kind of thing and you know hopefully that's not too far away um, they also have the possibility of a player like Gino Stone coming up and replacing the spot where um, you know Hamilton Ham- that Hamilton had vacated so they've got ways to 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 kind of rotate in there and try and mess up the hot read for the quarterback but the other thing is Hamilton himself can mess up a hot read sometimes and he did that in this game he rushed the quarterback made one of the incredible athletic plays you'll see redirecting his own weight to reach out to the outside with those very long arms and deflect that ball uh in the I think it was still in the first half of that game
4: yeah I mean you know he's just a I mean you want to talk about aircraft carrier you know physique that's that's really him and he Really, just causes I think um, a lot of quarterbacks uh, to panic and just really obscures their you know vision and 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 really just he, he's he's a game wrecker I mean yeah. and and we're we're seeing something remarkable and you know I think I think another solution um, to sort of those quick twitchy guys uh, you know assuming in the next couple of weeks hopefully you know Marlon will uh, Marlon Humphrey will be coming back. Uh, he's shown that he's really capable of uh, playing in the slot as well. I I think it just really depends on what who, who you're going against. If you have two great outside receivers, you really don't want Marlon Humphrey in the slot. But if the real threat uh, on the receiving core is 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 the guy who's in the slot, um, you know, and 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 they're worried about that matchup. I mean, we're we're blessed to have as many stars in the secondary um, as we do. It's just a question of who's going to be healthy and when are they going to get there.
3: Yeah. It's amazing that the, the, you know, the Ravens probably uh, safety looked like one of their strongest groups entering the season, but now they may have four guys uh, who can play if Williams is back. And I hope Williams is Williams is all I can say. His legs aren't injured. So hopefully he can move around, get to the football, make tackles the way he did the whole time. Hopefully there's not any, any shortcomings there because he's one hell of a football player, obviously very rangy. Um, but you know, tab to have Worley be able to fill in the way he did and now be available perhaps to play somewhere else if you needed him to, but also be able to continue in in the same role if that's where you want him, Um, and then have Hamilton. That's an incredibly strong position. And it's just a natural tendency in any situation that need is going to drive some of your decisions. Uh, The Ravens, though, also at outside corner have three guys that are rotating. I mean, we were sure this was the weakest position on the whole team. Now I'm pretty sure it's not the weakest position on the whole team.
4: I mean, certainly, certainly not if the first three weeks are any indicator. Now, I I think you do have to temper your um, your view of of what the corners have done, uh, you know, uh, until they face uh, some stiffer competition. But you know, I mean, it's not like Jamar Chase and uh, and T Higgins were were getting wide open or anything like that. You know, even with Joe Burrow's shortcomings. and his, his, you know, dealing with his particular health issues, they still, you know, really clamp down on those uh, on those elite receivers. Um, so it's so far so good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's certainly been exciting to see. I guess one other thing we probably need to touch on before we drop off here is where Hamilton's game ranks among the great Uh, defensive games of all time. When you talk about the great defensive games, that's a very, very long list. There's a lot of fantastic games out there in Ravens history. When you talk about the greatest slot corner uh, games, that list is a lot shorter Um, for for a variety of reasons I I, I can or we don't have to get into, but uh, I do have one particular slot corner nomination, but you want to talk about a few others in general that that, uh, maybe at any position?
4: Sure, yeah. I mean, so the Maybe it's because he had three sacks. Kyle Hamilton had three sacks that I immediately thought of this, but I um, thought about Terrell Sugg's game-wrecking performance against the uh, San Francisco 49ers in primetime. Uh, I think that was a thanksgiving game. If 20, I
3: 2011, yep.
4: Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, and that was his defense player of the year position, and I think that's really when he you know, locked it up. Um, it was a uh, you know very high sack total performance overall from the team, but Suggs... I mean, really chased down Alex Smith, who was uh, quite mobile uh, back then, and, uh, and 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 really, you know, put 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 the hurt on the team. He was in the backfield the entire game. Um, that was a tremendous one. And the uh, the other one that you and I both um, thought of when we talked about in pre-production was uh, Ray Lewis's performance in the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, you know, just I, I mean, his, his. You know, everybody remembers him running Tiki Barber. You know, down sideline to sideline. But I, I mean, his. Um, you know, batting passes and just getting in the way of throwing lanes, he impacted almost every play in that game. And r- really a well-deserved Super Bowl MVP for Ray.
3: Yeah, yeah. He, he, he definitely, he, they asked Mike Dick at halftime, who's the most dominant defensive player on the field? He goes, Ray Lewis. <laughs> and, and it's like, he the question obviously didn't last as long as they were expecting. So he had to kind of ask it again. He's saying, absolutely. Or, or and he goes, yeah, Ray Lewis has been all over the field, had his hand on four, four footballs in the first half kind of thing.
4: So. Yeah, remarkable. Yeah.
3: So uh, I, you know, I've got a few others. Peter Bulware in the 2001 clincher against Minnesota had four sacks. That was a huge day. Bullware that season had moved up to play defensive end instead of outside linebacker for the entire season due to injury, and so that was really something that was that was very special. The Ravens in a, in a 32 dime uh, were, were kind of you testing new waters with a different. Uh, defense after the 2000 season uh, due to some injuries that occurred there. So uh terrific game for him. We've got all of the Ed Reed games and, you know, there are so many Ed Reed two interception games to say that one of those is not better than the Hamilton game. It would probably be not correct. I would say, but he had the, the two interception game in against Miami in the playoffs would probably be one I would point to. He he had, you know, a 64 yard interception early, return for a touchdown, and then a another pick late in the game to kind of close the door on Miami as they were trying to make a little bit of a comeback. So, uh, you know, th- those are good ones, and we all remember the other big Ed Reed interceptions, whether it's the 104, or the 107, or the 108, or whatever it might have been. Uh, they're all all wonderful uh, moments in Ravens history, but we we do need to cherish this one because I think Hamilton's game was the greatest ever by slot corner. And I kind of done a little bit of research, went back a little bit, but the, the one I remembered right at the top of my head was Corey Ivey on 11-26-06. The Ravens beat the Steelers 27 to nothing. Another nine-sack game, much like the 49ers game. And Ivey in that game had three passes defense. One of those was interception. He had a strip sack for a loss of 13 that was then picked up and scooped for a score by Adelis Thomas, which is one of the highlights from this game, that game, you still see a lot. So, uh, it, that is an incredible game as well. And, and he, uh, uh very much an our Darius Washington look alike in terms of his uh, size and shape and tenacity. Yeah.
4: And, uh, you know, I was, uh, as you were going over that, I was kind of, uh, thinking about, a. Uh, you know great performance in a losing effort i would say ed reed in 2006 in the playoff loss against the colts yes um and, and and you know some of his contributions were dampened by um the not just the loss but i i think it was the referees mistakenly said he'd stepped out and and he lateraled the ball to Chris and McAllister. McAllister. Yeah. yeah and i i think McAllister was poised to go you know take it to the house or at least take it quite far
3: And you almost that in that era of Ravens defense, boy, they played some great fast break defense. It was a lot of fun to watch, but they also needed to because that offense was just not consistent enough punching the ball in. Uh, So anyway, I I, uh, looking forward to uh, to wherever they play Kyle Hamilton. It's going he's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Um, He's not being talked about in terms of a defensive player of the year candidate candidacy right now. And J.J. Watt's got six sacks, and some other things are going on. But it wouldn't surprise me if he starts to pile up some turnovers to yeah. go with to go with you know a few more sacks. If that suddenly becomes in the discussion, part of the discussion.
4: Yeah, I mean, definitely, if he's you know getting his hands on the ball or forcing some fumbles, um, and and you know having a having a overall team uh, high high performing team defense. Um, as the Ravens have, will continue. But right now, I mean, I think the Steelers and Browns, I mean, they played a national game, and those defenses are quite good, and they were hmm. uh, sort of featured nationally so uh, early on in the season. So, you know, we'll see. But, uh, you know, hey, uh, the sky's the limit for him. Right.
3: All right. Always a pleasure doing this show with you, Slava. Uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you online.
4: I'm on Twitter, at Slava Cooperstein. That's S-L-A-V-A-K-U-P-E-R-S-T-E-I-N.
3: All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you want to be on a Film Study Short, hit me up on Twitter with a DM. I'm always eager to hear from you. Uh, always eager for you to pass the word of the Film Study Podcast family and and because you're listening to this one, uh, pass the word on One Last Thing as being a worthwhile listen on a weekly basis, somebody you know at work uh, or another friend outside. Uh, this is Ken McCusick for Slava Cooperstein saying uh, goodbye and we'll talk to you next time on One Last Thing.